Anyways, yeah. Was worship awesome today? Like, I could feel Jesus all over this place. I came up here, and I'm just like, okay, I should have been here the whole time. Um, yeah, it was just really good up here. I was like, wow, I miss this, like, when I'm back there. I just, But anyways, um, yeah, I'm Richard, for those who don't know me. Usually I'm Hi, over here on the soundboard, so. But uh, God asked me to share today. Well, Pastor Mark asked me to share today, because... Katie and I were at creation, and I had this, like, we, there was this teaching, and it was just this really great revelation, and while well, it wrecked me, and I shared it with Katie, and then we had, like, this moment of, like, wow, together about, you know, the blood and the body, and, like, what it really means, and so Pastor Mark asked us to share, and it's like, ooh, I don't talk, <laughs> at least not in front of people. <laughs> I'm good on one-on-one. I'm not good at this little crowd thing, so. We all love you. Yeah, so. Anyways, uh, I just want to pray for us first before we get started. Um, yeah, Jesus, thank you so much, God, that you're going to bring this message to your people, Lord. Oh, thank you that you've asked me to call, that you've called me and asked me to step out and speak, Lord, against out of my comfort zone, God. But I'm so thankful that you're willing to use me. And uh, God, I just ask that this message would sink into the hearts of your people today, God, that they would learn and have a renewed passion for communion, God, that they would that they would have a renewed intimacy with you and what it really means to take it, that it's not a ritual, it's not a, it's not a step one, two, and three thing, God, but that it is, it is life, God, that it really does have a deep meaning. And um, yeah, thank you, Lord, for that. I just ask you to bless this message. And thank you, Lord. Amen. So I want to start off today with a story. Um, it is set in like 100 BC, basically. That time zone, and which, if you don't know, is before Christ. <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a story about a man named Zachariah and a woman named Abigail. We're going to call them Zach and Abby because that's going to be easier. <laughs> um, so Zachariah meets Abigail on the street in their little town at the market, and he says, Man, is she good looking? I like that one. He goes, I'd like to ask her to marry me. Well, he goes, Dad. What can we do about this, Dad? I really like this woman. He goes, I'll work something out. He goes and talks to the father of Abby. He says, how about 50 oxen, maybe five lambs? Will that work? And I, he can ask your daughter for marriage. And, she says, and he says, like any good Jewish businessman, <laughs> <laughs> how about 10 lambs and 55 oxen? Okay, we can do that. So Zach and Abby, they meet for dinner. And in this, in this moment, he takes this wine and he grabs this cup. And he pours the wine into the cup. And he passes it to her. And in doing so, in Jewish tradition, he says, will you marry me? Will you marry me, Abby? And she has a choice to make. She can say yes or no, just like we can say yes or no. She says yes. So in this moment, they part ways. Abby goes back to her home to get ready, to get a dress, to get makeup. She has a stylist come in, and, and she just, you know, she does all the things wedding women do, you know, for weddings. And, but it, I don't want to know anything about any of that. So Zach, he leaves, and he goes home to his father's house, and he starts building a piece onto their house. So they have this house, and, if, and they have these other parts of the house where the family lives. And he's building on this mansion on the side of the home. And he builds it and he builds it. And then he goes to his dad when it looks like it's all done and says, Dad, is this good enough? 
Can I go for my bride? Meanwhile, neither of them seeing each other. They haven't seen each other. It might be two years and they don't see each other. And he says, is this good enough, dad? Can I go for my bride? Can I go for my Abby? I love her. And, and he says, no, not yet. You have to keep building the house. It's not ready yet. And just not, not quite there. You know, I think you need a bench over here. I think you need a window over there. And I just, I just don't think it's quite ready. So Zach, and he keeps building and he just, then he goes up to her one day and says, dad, can I please go get my bride? I'm so ready to be united with her. And father says, yeah, go ahead, go get your bride. It's time. So he sends chauffeurs to, the, to her hometown, and they go in and they blow trumpets to announce that the, that the groom is coming, that the groom is coming. And they go in and they're blowing their trumpets, and the whole town is like, whoa, and an uproar, and, and in comes the groom to come get his bride and take her away to marry her. So I tell you this story because this is Jewish tradition. This is how they would have done it when Jesus was walking on the earth. And for all and purposes' sakes, um, just keep that in mind as we read some scripture here. So um, in Matthew 26, it says, as they were, uh, 26, verse 26, as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to the, to the disciples, and said, take, eat, for this is my body. 27, then he took the cup and gave thanks. He took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sins. In John 14, 2, it says, In my Father's house there are many mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Matthew 24, 36. Of that day and hour, no one knows when the Son will return. But the Father knows. The Father knows when the house is done. <laughs> Revelations eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel sounded the trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord, and he shall reign forever and ever. The groom is coming for the bride. Revelations 19.7 Let us be glad for the marriage of the Lamb. Jesus has come, and the bride has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the linen is the righteous acts of the saints. The Holy Spirit is like the stylus. God sends the Holy Spirit to come and to prepare us as a bride to be spotless before him. And he said to me, right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. See, the cup of the blood of Jesus, it's a proposal. It is a proposal to a covenant of heaven itself. The blood of Jesus invites us to be with God. He died on the cross and shed his blood so that we can be united with him someday. See, we have a choice, you and me and the woman, Abby. She had a choice. She could say yes. She could say no. They had a choice. And when Judas took the cup, Judas did not drink. If you read and compare stories from Matthew to John, he wouldn't take the cup. He left immediately after they had broken bread to start eating. He couldn't take the covenant. And when he betrays Jesus, he betrays him with a kiss because he wanted intimacy without covenant. He wanted, to, he wanted to be with Jesus, but he didn't want to make a commitment with Jesus. Yeah, so Jesus, when he finishes the cup with the disciples in Matthew 26, 29, he says, I say to you, 
I will not drink of the fruit of this vine from now on until the day when I drink it with you in the Father's kingdom. Jesus is saying that when you drink, you remember what he has done for you and the commitment that you are making each time you take it, that you are renewing your vows. He says he will not drink again because he wants to celebrate with us in heaven. He's not going to drink until he, until he has us with him, until we can celebrate together. 2 Corinthians 11.2, Paul says, But I am jealous with a godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ, one who has never been with the world before. So Jesus is inviting us every time that we take communion to enter into a wedding covenant with him. And that is what purifies us day by day, is just saying, Jesus, I accept, I accept what you did for me, and I take this cup and I will drink it in remembrance and take it as often as you can, as often as you'd like, because for me, it's become such a renewed um, passion that it's like, wow, I just want to take this thing every day. Like, every day I want to take the cup and drink of it, because it's like, it's just, it's just settling in your heart of like, wow, what he really did for me, you know? It's not, it's not a ritual, it's not a, it just isn't. It, it is an invitation. So uh, when we do take communion, Katie's going to come up and speak here. When we do take communion, take it with that in mind. So, thank you. This, morning, this week as I was preparing, um, we took communion. We had a moment where we said, man, we should, we should experience what we're talking about. We should know what this really looks like. And um, I hit a lot of spiritual warfare as I was preparing this week. And when we took that communion, God began to speak to my heart. And you know, as I was clearing my heart before him, he was showing me every place in my heart um, that I had this orphan mentality where I was thinking to myself, God, you don't have enough. There's, there's not enough space for me. There's not, there's not enough food for me. There's not enough room for me. And it was this orphan mentality. Um, and he was showing me how much that broke his heart. How he said, but Katie, I am enough. There is enough of my blood. There is enough of my grace for you. Um, and he was showing me, um, he was reminding me of the Israelites in Exodus 19 and 20, whenever, um, whenever God called them to himself, he said, you are going to be a holy priesthood, a holy nation that belongs to me. And they were terrified, and they trembled before him, and they said, no, 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 we don't want to be close to you. You are terrifying. I just want a to-do list. And God was showing me how I want that to-do list over that togetherness so many times. And... So I was thinking this, and then God showed me a picture of his table with communion on it, and he said, Katie, only my friends can eat at my table. And this unspoken question hung. He said, are you my friend? And it was in that moment that I understood that the heart of communion is relationship, that it's oneness with God, that it's being with him, that's the point. John, in John 6, 56, we're actually going to camp out in John 6 if you want to turn there. In John 6, 56, it says, Those who eat my flesh and drink my blood live in me, and I live in them. To commune with God is, is to be connected with him. You know, we see that all throughout the Bible, that God is pursuing relationship with us, this intimacy with him. We see in Matthew 28, 20, um, how 
when Jesus is giving the Great Commission, when he's sending them out and he's saying, go forth, preach the gospel, baptize people, disciple them in all that I've taught you. But always remember this. The very last thing he said was, but I'm going to be with you always. Even until the end of the days, I'm going to be with you. And he was emphasizing that he is the point. The point isn't necessarily going and doing. The point is being with him in the end. That's what it all comes back to. And so like Richard said, that the wine is the blood of the new covenant, that it's the, it's the remission of our sins. It is that salvation. The wine is what gets us to heaven. It's, it's, that, it's that promise that we are going to be with him again. It's the promise that he came, he died, he saved us, and he's coming back for us for eternal salvation. But the bread, the bread is what gets heaven in us today and every day. So in John 6, 53, um, it says, You must eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, otherwise you will not have real life in you. Now, if it was just about getting us to heaven, the bread of life wouldn't have come down from heaven. He would have stayed there and waited. But he came down for us. He says um, in John 6, 58, I am not like the bread of your ancestors that they ate and died. I am the bread that came down from heaven that you would have eternal life. And early in verse 51, he says, my, this bread is my flesh. And so he's bought this abundant life for us for now. The payment of his body on the cross was more than just for then, for, for what's to come. It is for then. It is for what's to come. It is for the salvation to come. But it is also for the salvation for us today. So let's talk about the broken bread. When, when Paul offers it, he breaks the bread. He doesn't just hand each person a loaf, but he breaks it. So what is the point of a broken bread? The broken bread is Christ's body that was broken for us. It is Christ on a cross. And Isaiah 53, 4-5 kind of gives us an illustration of what that looks like. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs. And the original word for griefs here is sickness. So surely he has borne our sickness and earned our sorrows and pains. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. It's beautiful that his stripes bought us healing. It didn't buy us simply salvation, but it bought us healing. So when the scripture says stripes, what is it referring to? It's referring to that physical beating and the physical torture that Christ endured. And if you've seen the Passion, it's a great rendition of what had happened to him on the cross. Those stripes represent those 39 lashes that tore his flesh apart down to his internal organs. And there were 39 because 40 was understood to, to kill a man, and they brought him to the brink of death. And so it is, it is this broken body that gives us our healing. It gives us our divine health. And so when we take of this bread, it in itself is a love response. For us to say, you have done this, and I don't want it to go to waste. I don't want what you did to be in vain. So I'm not letting one drop, not one wound, go in vain in my life. And so we take and we eat as a love response. We eat and say, I will let you restore me, because you bought my restoration. Picture if someone offered to buy you a brand new car. Think, okay, for example, Mikey and Lacey have been needing a car, okay? Think if someone came to you guys and said, I'm going to buy you a brand new car. I am going to take you down to the lot. You're going to pick it out. I'm going to pay for insurance. I'm going to do it all. Okay? And you're like, yippee. <laughs> right? Now, if they went down to the car lot and said, we're here to pay for our car, that would be stupid. 
because it was already paid for, right? It was already bought. And how many times do we say, you know, I have to, I have to pay for this, you know? I, it wasn't bought, it wasn't enough. They didn't, they didn't cover the full cost. I have to pay in too. And Jesus has that revelation for us, that that bread is a tool, it is a divine tool for us to take and eat and to be healed. And it's not just healing when you're sick, but it's divine health to keep you from sickness. Because that, that bread, when we recognize what the bread and the body is, in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul warns us to discern what is in front of you. He says, many of you have been weak, many of you have been sick, many of you have even died, for you have not recognized the body. You have not discerned it. And so what are we discerning? We're discerning that this blood, this body is before us and that we've been invited to take part in it. And when we make a confession of faith that it is what God said it is, if Jesus says, this bread is my flesh, either he's a liar or he's telling the truth. And so we know that it's truth, that this bread is his body. And if it comes with everything we just talked about, that he came down from heaven to give us this healing, then I think we ought to take him at his word. And if he said, this blood is, this cup of wine is my blood, again, he's either lying or telling the truth. And if he's telling the truth, it's for us to discern that it is the blood of the covenant, that it is a marriage proposal. And that when we drink it, we are saying yes. We are recommitting every moment. Like he said, it's renewed vows. It's saying, I do, over and over again. It's saying, I choose you. Now going back to the picture that Jesus had given me of sitting at the table and saying, only my friends eat with me. I think it's, it's valid to ask, well, who are your friends? How do I become your friend? And Jesus very simply said to me, you know, I called you friend while you were still a sinner, and I blessed those that cursed me. And so while we were still sinners, he called us friend. And so everyone in here today has an invitation to friendship. It's not just a to-do list. It's not just a ritual, like Richard said. It's not a one, two, three thing. But it is, it is relationship. It is life. It is our blood flow. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. And so this morning, as we go to take communion, I just want to urge you guys to take a moment in your heart and discern the body and the blood before you. Discern the cup and the wine. It's not wine, it's juice. Discern it as it is, for what it is. Because John 15, 13 through 16 tells us, no greater love has anyone than this, than he who lays down his life for his friends. He says, I no longer call you servants, because a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I call you friends, for I have made known to you everything that my father is doing. He says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And this is the beauty of our communion, is we were chosen from the foundations of the cross, from the foundations of the world. We were chosen always. So as we take today, discern it as it is. And if you are needing a little more heaven in you, because I know I am every day, geez. If you're needing a little more heaven in you, this is the moment. Seek your heart and say, God, where does my life not match the kingdoms? And as you take, let it be a confession of faith, a declaration of faith that Christ's blood is enough, and it is coming into your life. And so Christ in you means fullness of peace, fullness of joy, fullness of grace. It is the remission of sins. It is complete reconciliation to the Father.
Yeah. 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 So I just want to encourage you, if any of you are in here today, that you haven't made a friendship with the Lord yet, this is a great moment to just test your heart and say, Lord, are we friends? Am I living as though you're real? Am I living as though your blood and your body was actually broken for me? Check your heart. Test your heart this morning. And ask the Lord, are we friends? Because he's already called you friend. It's just whether you're entering into that friendship. And if you've never made that commitment, I encourage you to pray. And to say, Lord, I want to be your friend. I accept. I accept tenfold. And if some of you are in here today and you, you're thinking, man, I'm just like the Israelites were. I want a to-do list over togetherness. I want you to tell me what to do, and I don't want to sit and listen to you talk to me about it. If that's you, then lay it down. That to-do list sucks. That to-do list doesn't get you anywhere. That to-do list gets you confused and anxious and frustrated. And so I want to encourage you to pursue togetherness today. As you take the cup, recommit. Just say, I do, Lord. I do to you. And as you take that bread, let it be the body broken for you that provides all you need. So we're going to open the altar. And if you want to come up, and if you need time to reconcile with the Lord, if you need a moment, take that moment. Take your time. A lot was said this morning, and some of it's pretty heavy, but good, but beautiful. And so I think they're going to play a song, and um, we're going to have the, the pieces just over here. And so as you're ready, come as you're ready, um, and Pastor is going to, he's going to pray over it for us. So let me just pray real quick. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, our heart response to you is yes. God, every part of us just trembles and quakes in your presence. And Lord, we are undone by your majesty and what you've done for us. Lord, we just want to pour out our love in return to you. God, we just invite you to uncover the hidden parts of our heart. Lord, any part where we've been afraid of commitment or afraid of trusting you, God, we just lay that fear down and say, you, you are worthy. You are not to be feared. You are good. And so, Lord, we just we lay that down. God, you are so trustworthy, and you are faithful even if we're faithless. So, Lord, we want to be your friend this morning. We thank you that you've called us friend. We thank you that you've pursued us and sought after us. Lord, we thank you for this invitation. God, would you guard it in our hearts? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor will be up in just a minute, but take this time to pray um, and just seek your heart.
So before you take communion, I mean, if you haven't already done it during the song, but I just felt like God said, as David said in the psalm, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Know every evil intent that is inside of me and take it from me, Lord. And just that scripture. And then, and then the other scripture that comes to my mind is when you're done, you know, your heart's clear. Just, just remember he also says, he says, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, Lord. So I'm going to pass this over to Mark. But What a way to end this series. That was very moving. Um, definitely anointed. Um, to be uh, renewed in our passion for why we take communion. Um, so what we want to do is we want to serve communion, but we also don't. Uh, I, we don't want to rush it. Okay. We've got plenty of time. We set the whole day aside from God, for God. So you can continue to come to the altar after you uh, drink and partake. You're you're free to leave if you need to leave. Um, but I think uh, what I heard was, let's not take this from a ritual standpoint. And I think sometimes when we take it every day or once a month, sometimes it just becomes the thing that we do on the last Sunday of the month or the first Sunday of the month. And uh, when I asked him for a little snippet for the Facebook post, I loved what Katie said, learning how to take it from ritual to a living meal. So that's what I want to do this morning. And, and the Bible warns not to take communion improperly. So not everybody here has to take communion. If you don't get to a place where you feel like you can, that's okay. Nobody will be looking at you and judging you. I won't allow it here. So don't take it improperly. Make sure that everything is right between you and anyone else in this room. And make sure your heart is right with God. And that might take you a while. And we're willing to stay here all day with you. Amen? So let me give you the invitation. Richard and Katie are going to come now. And they're going to help me serve. No, no, not right now, Paul. And what I want you to do, if you're, if you're ready to partake, just to come down the center aisle if you can and, and continue up the side aisle. Uh, you can hang out at the altar. You can take it whenever you want. We'll just serve it to you. Uh, you can take it back to your seat. Uh, and just linger with God, you can take it while you're standing in front of us. Um, But let's just renew our passion. So this is your invitation. You who truly repent of your sins, who live in love and peace with your neighbors, and who intend to lead a new life following the commandments of God, and walking in His holy ways, draw near with faith, and take this holy sacrament to your comfort, and humbly kneeling, make your honest confession to Almighty God. Let's pray. Father, we have deeply sinned against you and we deeply grieve. We repent and are sorry for failing you. Have mercy on us for the sake of your son, Jesus, who died for us. Forgive us, cleanse us, and give us strength to serve and please you. We honor and praise your name. Amen. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. In the night of his betrayal, Jesus took the bread and when he had given thanks, 
He broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in like manner after the supper, he took the cup. He laid his hands on the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of this, all of you, for this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for you and for many for the remission of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Amen. So Dusty's going to play a song. You can sing along if you know it. The words will be on the screen. But please come when you're ready, when your hearts are ready. Come and partake of the Lord's Supper. And let's just linger in the presence of God. And then I have a scripture I just want to read when everyone is served. Amen. We're going to leave the communion table open, so feel free to come as I talk. Feel free to come 10 minutes after everybody else is gone. Uh, we're just going to leave it open, and just uh, we just want to have an atmosphere of uh, really just letting this sink in, what we're participating in. Um, so if you go, I would ask if you're going to talk just to go into the foyer um, so people can just hang out in the presence of God. I found this scripture one time uh, when doing a, a study on communion, and I just absolutely love closing with this. It's from Philippians 2, 5 through 11. It says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was incredibly humbling. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created beings in heaven and on earth, even those long ago dead and buried, will bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. We just ask, Lord, that this act that we participate in now will help us to remember, to reflect on what you did. But also, Lord, what we heard today is that we are eating and drinking the very life of Jesus into our souls, into our bodies, into our minds, and into our hearts. Help us, Father, to take what we've learned today, to take what we've eaten and what we've drank and live for you, that your life may be in us, that the people that we come into contact throughout the week may see Jesus through us. Help us to remember, Lord, that this is a renewal of our vows, that someday... You're coming to marry the church. Lord, help us to be ready for that moment. Help us to constantly repent of our sins. Help us to, the Bible says, we are to grieve over sin. Help us to grieve over sin, Father. Help us to run to the cross, not beat ourselves up when we make a mistake, and quickly repent and make things right with you again. Help us to live transformed lives. Help us to have a renewed passion for belonging, a renewed passion for broken people, a renewed passion 
for holiness, a renewed passion for our freedom in Christ, a renewed passion for evangelism and spreading the word. And Lord, thank you for today, a renewed passion for communion, something that should make us emotional when we think of what you've done for us. Help us now to go and do for you what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Once again, hang out as long as you like. God bless you. To really taste and see To really taste and see To really walk with you Every moment of 
Love can 